Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Malthouse Games Podcast. My name is Delton. I'll be your host this evening, uh, kind of late in the evening. With me today is my absolutely wondrous wife of the ability to run. That was weird. Haley. <laughs> I run fast. She runs fast and far. I'll have fast you Fast know. and far. My chest still hurts. We'll get to that. This is the Malthouse Games Podcast. We are a tabletop games podcast where we talk about board games, card games, role-playing games, RPGs, things like that. I said RPGs and role-playing games. It's obviously later than usual. Actually, it's about <laughs> as late as it has been usual. Oh, is that why they're all bad lately, I feel? Not really. Not just, bad. Just my jokes. My jokes are poor. <laughs> I think that's just been always as well. Uh, yeah, shut ah. it. Shut it. This is episode number 38. Ain't it great? 38, ain't it great? This is the episode that releases on Easter, so Give happy me Easter. on a plate. If you celebrate Easter, if you don't, happy bunny pooping out chocolate eggs day. Happy fertility day? Happy fertility day. That's the true answer. If you don't celebrate Easter, it is happy fertility day. Get to fertilizing? Is that a thing to tell people? I, I, I say yes. <laughs> 420 is get to blazing. 421 is get to fertilizing. From now on. That works. Okay. I'll take it. But happy Easter, everybody. Happy Easter for those who celebrate. We're going to eat at my mom's house for Easter. I think it's just going to be a very small affair of us and my parents. Fried mushrooms and beer. Yes. Going to be delicious. Speaking of beer, let's crack open the first one for this episode. Please and carrots. On the Malthouse Games podcast, we not only talk about games, we drink beer. So today, from Anthem Brewing, another, my favorite local company, as you know by now, this is the super fancy Apple Saison. It is 7.7% alcohol by volume. The IBUs is 0. .001. What? This is nothing but sweetness. So this is going to be probably closer to a cider. Can I read the description this time? If you want to. Here, I want to. It's that white text. Okay. Here we go. Do you like apples? Whether you're getting guzzied up for a night out at an Ivy League bar or at home kicking back with a big steak, after a long day's work. Sometimes it's nice to feel fancy. Wait. Super fancy. Super fancy apple saison is a dry French saison with a hint of apple. 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 <laughs> apple. Okay, we fibbed. There's a bit more than a hint of apple. There are a few apples. Maybe a bunch of apples. Huh. Let's just say, as far as apples are concerned, we gave it the business. We really gave it the business. I don't get it. Soft bubblegum notes play with subtle... Subtle fruit tones before being overwhelmed by the unmistakable flavor of tart apple. When shared with friends, you will all be asking each other, how do you like them apples? Okay, I'm never letting you read again. <laughs> <laughs> and also their, their pun at the end of how do you like them apples is just garbage. Did you see the, did you get the bunch of apples? Yes, I got the bunch of ha. apples. Ha. Yeah, the, the ha was a Haley sound, not part of the text. Ha. I was confused. <laughs> I'm really needing this. I'm tired. Really needing alcohol? Yes. That makes me more tired. I have one beer and I get more tired. I have two beer and I could go to bed. I have three beer and I wake up a little. I have four beer and I'm very energized. I have five to six beer and I am not doing well. Delton has four beer and he is dancing, but his dancing, as we have said in the past, is him standing in one place, moving side to side while shaking his hands and staring at the ground. To be fair, that's four strong beer. Like, this is 7.7%. Four of those. But it's still four beer. It is still four beer. That's manageable in an hour. That's true. <laughs> okay. 
Let's smell it first. Give it a nice whiff. Tell them what you think. It smells like apple beer. It smells like a lot of apple. Is it a bunch of apple? Hmm. It's almost like a cider. I figured it would be because of the sweetness at the back end. Woo! It's very sweet. Very tart. I like it, though. It reminds me of if you carbonated apple juice in the morning and put, like, a shot of a liquor in it. <laughs> yeah. I think that's about right. It's it's almost sweet enough to be a cider instead of a saison. It's not quite as tart as most saisons. Yeah. I mean, it's very good. Everybody take a drink for Steve. I don't know if you can hear Steve in the background, but my goodness is he meowing under the door. He's so sad. We need to give him his wet food. Oh, <laughs> uh, we didn't feed him yet, have we? No, that's why. We have not fed them yet. Uh, we left their food out all day, didn't we? Dry food, yes. Crap. Anyway, this is good beer. And Steve's a hungry kitty. Steve's a very hungry kitty. So lately, we've been hanging out, doing the fun stuffs. I went to Brian's last night to play some games, and we played several different games. We also drafted Brian's Cube, which is always a blast. If you happen to like Magic the Gathering, I highly recommend looking into Cube. It does take a lot in terms of cards, and like, it's very hard to design, as you've heard from Brian if you listen to our Magic episode. But I beat Brian. I'm just going to point that out. Sorry, Brian. I know he'll hear this at some point. Uh, it was good games, and I'm just happy to have one for once. You're just going to get a random text message at 2.07 on like a Tuesday afternoon that says, you asshole. That's exactly what it is. That's exactly what it is. Or, <laughs> or he's going to beat me really badly next time and want to come on and brag about it. And I completely agree that he needs to be able to, because I talk a lot of <laughs> crap on the podcast, and he always gives me shit for it. I know. He doesn't even have a Facebook to like call you out publicly and shame you. No, he doesn't. And I'm glad he doesn't, because I feel like all of our posts would be like, shut up. I don't know. Something. He's probably going to make a Facebook now just to follow Malthouse Games and I don't call think, you an asshole. I don't, I don't think he would. Facebook is stupid, and I agree with him that it's better not to have one. You get on Jessica's. Ooh, maybe. He's just going to send me a message. He'll just send me gifts of people beating up people or something. Probably so. <laughs> What's up, Brian? Hi, Brian. Speaking of friends, we've seen a lot of friends in the last two days. We have. So Delton played games with Brian last night. And today we went to our good buddy Zach's and our good buddy Sarah's baby's gender reveal party. Congrats, guys, for having a baby girl. Little Avery Patrice. It is such a cute little name. I'm very happy for them. I am, too. It's super exciting. And it's going to be awesome having them a little girl, which means... I can get their little girl super heavy metal onesies because it's amazing. And then they're going to feel like they have to, like the baby wear them when we're around. And it's yes. going to be awesome. Yes. Oh, cat ears. Oh, that's a good one. So your baby's going to get so many cat things, guys. <laughs> oh, this baby's going to have a ridiculous wardrobe that's just like, only put this on when Haley and Delton come over. <laughs> <laughs> just very sad. Sorry, Avery Patrice. Right. Uh, on the way out from that, we actually, thanks to Haley spotting it, saved a chihuahua from the road. Haley chased it like a mile and a half in a field. I sprinted, man. She ran a ways. It was, if you're familiar with Norman, we were driving on Flood Avenue, uh, heading near the highway. And Just south of that on-cube before the highway. And it's two lanes of traffic going both sides. And out of the corner of my eye, I spotted a little chihuahua. And honestly, it looked like a little Hershey at first. It's just this little dark spot running on the road. So for you all who don't remember her, she was our chihuahua who passed away in January. He was about 13 years old. But we're driving down the road, dee -dee 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 -dee, leaving the gender reveal party, and I spot it. And Delton slams on the brakes, puts on the flashers. Thankfully, the person 
in the other lane sees us, stops put on their flashers, stop traffic on that side, and that little puppy just takes off across the other side of traffic, which thankfully nobody was there and I was able to run across, but I chased that little bugger for about a mile and a half to two miles, just sprinting. She was not wanting to be caught. I was in my cute boots and everything. Yeah, Haley was very sweaty after that. I was very sweaty, but it ended up two random strangers, uh, Delton and myself, kind of cornered this dog, all four of us coming in at one time. It was pretty great. We got her to stop running. She stopped under, uh, one guy parked like in her path and stopped and got out and tried to get her to come to him. And she went under his truck and finally relaxed enough to come out and get in his truck. So we took her, went to PetSmart. She didn't have any microchips. Some friends of ours that live in Norman that were at the baby gender reveal, it was Casey, which is Sarah's sister, offered to keep her and post online. And then we ended up getting the owner, I guess, found the posts and they got her back to the owner, which is super exciting. Puppy has been reunified. Puppy has been reunified. We temporarily named her Betty because I can't I can't yes. let any animal go without a name if it's in my presence for more than 35 seconds. And Betty is the perfect name. Betty. So Betty was found, safe and sound. It was nice to meet you, Betty, if you're listening. It was nice to know you for that hour and 23 minutes. But that's basically been our week this week. Yeah, we've had full adventures the last day. But you know what we have done the last two weeks that's been fun? We have been mushroom hunting. It is the only kind of hunting we vegans are legally allowed to do. Haley did not grow up with this like I did, but I grew up mushroom hunting, which is essentially foraging for mushrooms. Now, in Oklahoma, there are two main varieties of mushrooms that people know to eat. I'm going to say one, really. The other in the fall is less known, but it's my our favorite. In the springtime in Oklahoma, around the time the cherry blossoms bloom, we get morels. Uh, in the Central America, Central America, in the Central U.S., there's a little bit of that. To the East Coast, there's a lot. And the West Coast, I don't think have many at all. I don't think so. Not according to the morel Facebook page I follow. Yeah, that's right. I forgot about that page. But what it is, is in the springtime, after a big heavy rain, when it warms up in the next day, Morels take 15 minutes to go from nothing to fully sprouted, and they're these little hollow mushrooms that look like brains on stems. They're really weird, but they are absolutely delicious when battered and fried. Oh my gosh, yes, which we have had three times in the last week. Three times in the last week, and we will have more at Mom's tomorrow. Yes, we will, because Delton's mother and father found a five-gallon bucket's worth, and then Tammy also filled up the bottom of her shirt with them. Yes, she did. These morels, they're delicious. They're super fun. And if you want to buy them in the store, being that these morels, from what I understand, these morels, these mushrooms cannot be farmed. Like, we have not figured out how to grow them. So if you go to buy a morel mushroom, one single mushroom at some place like Whole Foods, which is the only place I've ever seen them sold, you'll be spending $11 for one mushroom. And it's dried. And it's dried. It's not even fresh. It's like one ounce of dried mushroom for, like, $15 or two ounces for 15 or something like that. Expensive. It's very expensive. We're getting fresh ones at five gallon buckets full. It's insane. Hashtag blessed. Exactly. They are absolutely delicious. In the fall, we get a type of oyster mushroom that grows on dead tree trunks, especially oak and elm. And they are better tasting if you cut them into long skinny strips. So good. So excited for those in the fall. These are literally the only mushrooms Delton will eat. Just about. Oyster mushrooms, morels, and a couple other specific kinds in different, uh, they're usually in Asian dishes. If we get like a, a ramen or a pho or something like that, there's certain mushrooms I like. Or Jin Wen's hot pot. Yes, Jin Wen's hot pot. But that's what we've been doing is hunting those mushrooms. We've been hunting these mushrooms by foot. 
and by card. That's really, really bad, but I'll keep it. Oh, here's the door. It's straight ahead. It's it's a game. It was really, really good. It got the point across. I guess it did. <laughs> we played Morels. So, the game for today's episode is a game called Morels, and you see why we chose this game. Because we've been hunting Morels and eating them like crazy. It is Morels Strategic Foraging and Feasting for Two. It is a game designed by Brent Povis and art by Vince Dorse. It comes from Two Lanterns Games. It is a two-player-only game, and it was put out in 2012. Is that right? Yes, according to BGG. Okay, according to BGG 2012. Now, there is a new expansion called Morel's Foray, and I do not have that. That is something I am wanting to get because if I remember correctly, now I have not looked this up, if I remember correctly, you can play with four people. Yes, I think that's what, because we watched the video when it was on Kickstarter. Did we? Yes. Okay, I think I missed the Kickstarter and have watched it a couple days after or something. Yeah. But I want to get that at some point. However, the base game Morels is very good. It's a game we really like. It is a set collection game where you have eight different mushroom cards building up a forest. You are taking cards from that forest and trying to cook them in sets of three or more to gain points to hopefully win the game with the most points by having the most mushrooms eight at the end of the game. The game's very simple. You can collect, I think it's porcini mushrooms. You can get chanterelles, hen of the woods, uh, what is it, lawyer's wig. There's all kinds of mushrooms in this, shiitake. It sounds like you're making up stuff at this point. It does. It sounds like I'm making up stuff, but... Speaking of making up stuff, we'll get to that later. Will we? Oh, yes, we will. Ha-ha, 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 Foreshadowing. Why does anyone listen to our podcast? I have no idea at this point. I have no idea. So basically, the way this game works is there is the forest, which is eight cards set up. On your turn, you're going to be most likely taking those cards or a card from that setup. Then one card, whichever is closest to the like entry into the in the quote unquote woods token, is going to go into the decay, which builds up to four cards and then resets at one, builds up to four over and over. So on your turn, if you want to take mushrooms, you either take from the closest two to the entry to the forest, unless you use walking sticks, or you can take the decay, which is kind of like what your opponent has sort of thrown to the side. So it's a really simple set collection game. I mean, there's not like a ton of complexity to this game or anything like that, but it's one of those games where you want to keep an eye on the numbers of each mushroom type and getting walking sticks is important, but do you want to sell these mushrooms for walking sticks when you can save them to get points at the end? And there's a little bit of hand management. It's just a really neat little package of hunting for some mushrooms, picking them, and just trying to cook as many as you can to beat your opponent. And trying to remember in real life you've actually seen these mushrooms. Yes. Now, I did find out Oklahoma does have chanterelles and hen of the woods in eastern Oklahoma. Oh, I didn't know we had chanterelles as well. Those are like three-point mushrooms in the game, man. Why aren't we collecting those? I think those are four-point mushrooms. Ah, snap. They must be real good. <laughs> but they're supposed to be peppery in taste. Oh. But I guess it's like what eastern, eastern Oklahoma to find them. And they're like a lot of people go out looking for them because they're more valuable and supposedly more of a delicacy here because we don't get a oh. lot. When are they in season? I have no idea. I'm guessing in the spring with all this moisture. Let's go on an adventure. I'm fine with that. But I don't really know how else to explain morels. I don't want to go like in depth into the way you play the game because I basically explained it. You take a card, put something in, in the decay. You can put a pan down. You can get a basket to increase your hand limit. That's essentially it, I guess. But what I enjoy about this game is one, it's simplicity. Two, 
It's got options. So if you don't want to take one of the first two cards, you can use walking sticks to go further in those eight cards that make up your quote-unquote forest. Then if you don't want to take any of those, you can always take what's in the decay, which your opponent has kind of basically passed on. I think I really like that because if you were next to go and I really wanted one of the cards and you didn't take it, I still have a chance. Right. And I really enjoy that aspect. However, there are some bad mushrooms in this game called Destroying Angels. And basically, they're going to cut your hand limit in half. They will kill you. They are the worst because they do. They cut your hand limit in half. And if you have previously scored any other mushrooms in the game by cooking them in the pan, which is eating them, the mushroom lasts longer. And so your hand limit is cut in half for a longer amount of time. So that can dissuade you from taking the four, the one through four cards in the decay. However, I still think sometimes it's worth it because you get to do that. But it's just a really neat game. It's very simple. It's fast to play. We played a game tonight in four minutes. Sorry, four minutes. I'm an idiot. 20 minutes. And we've played it, I don't know, we probably five or lot. six times, if not more than that now. Oh, we've played it a lot more than that. We've had it a long time. When we first got it, because this oh, is from 2012. True. We first got this. We played the hell out of this. Because I got this before I had my app that I track my plays. Right. And we have five plays in the app, so we've probably broken 10 on this one. This came out the year we got together. Did it really? Yeah. Oh, it did. I don't remember when we got it, but yes. We got it pretty early after it came out. Because I think you had it in your apartment. I might have. I don't remember. I don't remember. But I really like Morels. It's a fun game. It's simple. It's two-player. It's pretty quick. It doesn't have a huge footprint on the table. In the rules, there is an optional setup for a circular play area rather than linear. The linear way, you're going to have to be sliding cards every turn. The circular way, you just move a token. And so I like that way a little bit better, although it does tend to get a little sloppy at times and you have to like pause, straighten it up, and then continue. I think this was the first two-player game we ever bought. This might be actually the two, first two-player only. Yeah. I think so. I think so. Now that you're saying that, it sounds right. I don't know if it is right, but it sounds right. I say a lot of things <laughs> that sound right because they are all of them. I don't know. Everything. You about ready for the second beer? I'm almost ready for the beer, but one more point about Morel's. Something else that I really, really enjoy about Morels is the fact that the theme is very unique and different and honestly kind of weird. Hey, what can I get you? I'd like a topic. Any special way? Make it a top shelf topic. Coming up. Enjoy. So for today's topic, I wanted to discuss weird themes in games. So not just unique themes. But I wanted to discuss actually what we kind of consider weird themes or maybe not weird, just different. Well, because we've kind of touched on unique themes before, but I think unique and maybe obscure is the better term. Obscure. I like that. Obscure themes. Because I like, I don't think I've come across a theme that I've necessarily not liked, except for Sky Traders. That game can go die. Yeah. Because that theme was racism. And sexism. And sexism. At least the, all the artwork was. If they handled the artwork better, it would have been fine, but they didn't. I'm just salty. She is salty. But it's not that we don't like any of these themes. In fact, these obscure themes that we're going to talk about are often what have brought us to the game, what drawn us to it. I mean, having an obscure theme is why I bought Morels in the first place, aside from a few sources said it was very fun. Like, a lot of people do enjoy the game, which is, I enjoy the game as well, but for me, it was the theme of going through a forest hunting mushrooms I thought you would enjoy. And that was a big reason to me buying it was because of this, you know, obscure theme. 
And see, I was married. I, I married into the hobby. Whenever I met Delton in 2010, you know, he said he was a board gamer. Then whenever we got together as a couple in 2012, I was like, I play Monopoly. I like apples to apples. But really, any of the more, I don't know, complex board games, all I thought about was medieval theme or... Trading in the Mediterranean. Trading in the Mediterranean or fantasy. That's what I thought board gaming was. But now my eyes are open to a whole new world of mushroom-themed board games and more. Mushroom-themed board games and more. And more, Rels. Oh, I got ah. it. Ah. Okay, okay, we have to have lost all listeners by now. <laughs> I <laughs> think we the did. second time We cannot episode. talk about what we really want to talk about, aliens. No, okay. <laughs> Before we continue, <laughs> before we continue, uh, I went ahead and cracked and poured the beer, which I didn't think about. However, Iron Monk Brewing Company out of Stillwater, Oklahoma. It is the Bright D. Weisensauer, a play on Dwight D. Eisenhower. And which it says, is fantastic. It really is the Tartmander in Chief instead of Commander in Chief. This, let me see the actual label where it tells me what it is a sour ale brewed with boysenberries and black currants. Dwight D. Eisenhower was probably one of my favorite presidents. You know, I wasn't alive for that, so I don't know. Well, neither was I. <laughs> I know, but still, it's just kind of funny. Like my favorite one was H- Herbert Hoover. Why? I don't know. Just Hoovervilles. I'm just talking about random presidents. Woodrow Wilson. Led us through World War One. Coolidge. I don't remember. Nobody remembers. That's why <laughs> he was useless. Apparently, I actually have no idea. So. So let's try this boysenberry and black currant sour. We have two tart and sour beers tonight. I don't think I've read a biography on Coolidge yet. I don't think you have, but did he do anything? I don't know. I haven't read his biography. I have. I read Eisenhower. I've read Hoover. I mean, I've read like FDR and the other Roosevelt and all that jazz. I don't think I've read one on Coolidge. You you are making a funny face right That's now. It's a bit sour. Not a lot sour, but coming off of that tart beer, it tasted really sour at first. It tastes like fruity pebbles. It tastes like alcoholic fruity pebbles. My that God, is, that's the most accurate statement you is, said yet. <laughs> <laughs> that is alcoholic fruity pebbles right there in Normally, a can. Normally, what you say is just dumb and making shit up. But this time, it smells like it. It smells like a weird alcoholic fruity pebble. Holy nuts. Dwight D. Eisenhower would be very proud. I hope he would. It tastes good, though. Like I'm not, It's not bad. It's not like the other one that was a cider. This is definitely a sour. It's very fruity, as it sounds, like Fruity Pebbles. Um, it's not too sour, though. It's very sweet. The aftertaste is Fruity Pebbles. It really is. It's good, though. It's very good. It's uh, definitely a, a nice summer beer. It's only, like like I said, I think 4.4%. So lower alcohol percentage. You could drink this several of these in the summer. You could have this heat. for breakfast. <laughs> I don't recommend that. <laughs> However, I'll take it. So back to obscure themes. There's something about obscure themes that draw people in because it's so different than everything else. I think one of my favorite obscure themes is patchwork. Building a quilt. You're building a quilt. That sounds lame as hell. But no, it is so fun. It is like Tetris, but like a confined Tetris and a frustrating Tetris, like even more frustrating than the video game. And, you know, it's, it's another two player. I think we've talked yeah. about it before in the podcast. We have. But if you originally say to somebody, initially say, we're going to play a board game about making quilts. No. Are you on drugs? Are you 90? (laughs) Who would want to do that? Well, I do. It's so much fun. And everyone that I've introduced Patchwork to has absolutely loved it. It's one of those things where themes that aren't the standard 
that break the mold with these like odd quirky places are just better. You can look at That's Not Lemonade. It's a simple push your luck blackjack style card game. However, you're drinking lemonade, trying not to drink the lemonade that's got the pee in it. Like, it's so funny, but it's so interesting. If they just said, here's a game with some numbers on the cards or something, you know what I mean? Yeah, it doesn't have to have a theme. It do- but the it doesn't. theme draws you in it, and it really draws you into the game. It does, and that's so important in board gaming because we do have so many games that are not very unique or not very different anymore, but I feel it has gotten significantly better over the past couple years. Oh, yeah. We just have the most interesting themes popping up, like Welcome to. You are planning a neighborhood. You're, like, doing property <laughs> development. You're Again, doing property development. Sounds lame as shit. Are you 44 years old? Have you been at the same company since 1982? I don't know. Sounds lame. But you know what? It's really fun. It's really awesome. And all my properties always have pools. And I'm proud of that. (laughs) The ones that need pools get pools. I will put in extra pools. I won't get any points for them, but I'll draw them in. Oh, my gosh. And then we've got something like Churrascaria. It's from a local company called Absurdist Productions here in Oklahoma. It's their Kickstarter game that we got. And it's all about a churrascaria, what is it? It's a Brazilian barbecue? Is that correct? You're asking a vegan. I can't remember the country, but it's a form of like, Brazil. like spit barbecue. And it's all about eating the most meat and taking people's food off their plates and trying to eat the most meat to get the most points. But it's such an obscure, different theme, but that makes it so much more interesting. If it was just a game where you're like, you put a card down with some numbers on it and take your friend's numbers. It's like, that's stupid. But then add a theme like that that you can add mechanics to, like Welcome To. You add mechanics based on the theme and it just changes things. Where if they were something that was medieval or something that was fantasy, it would just be old. And not that there's anything wrong with those themes, but... They're overplayed. They're overplayed. Or they were lot. for a long time. They were for a long time. It's just, it's gotten so much better. It's like the renaissance of board gaming right now. We've been in that for a little bit now, and it's just improving and improving. I mean, look at something like Takenoko. You're growing bamboo shoots, and you're letting a panda eat those bamboo shoots. Who'd have thunk it? Who'd have thunk it? That's the who'd have thunk it. (laughs) But it's a fun game. It's got cute stuff to it. It's, you know, interesting colors. And it's got a theme that you go, oh, yeah, you know, you're building some bamboo, and you're going to have this panda eat it, and this guy's going to grow it, and you have to put some water down. And it makes it more interesting. And even if people didn't think the game would be fun mechanically, Sometimes the theme can get them in, and obscure themes like that do it better. Just doing something different is really what we're getting at here. It doesn't even have to be that out there. like collecting. However, the more out there, the more awesome in a way. I love, like, I mean, Morels, you're hunting mushrooms. Who Like, why? But I don't consider that out there. That's just like taking something from everyday life. I guess that's true. Everyday life seems to make more of the games that we like, huh? Yeah, I mean, you could probably make a board game about a morning routine. Deal. Okay. Deal. <laughs> I'm still going to make my, my board game idea. I, the I, old lady stealing so, recipes and yes, stuff? Yes, sabotaging each other's pie recipes in order to make it in the county cookbook. So good. One of these days. I'm going to make it. One of these days. A bunch of sassy old 70-year-olds. Yeah. That's what just I aspire like, Just like to our be. grandmas were. That's what you're going to be. You're actually the bread maker. Well, I haven't made it in a while, but yeah. Yeah, I just imagine us like 50 years from now and you are the competing against all these old broads trying to get your recipe <laughs> as the top winner at the Oklahoma State Fair if that's still around in a It'll 50 happen. years. It'll happen, guaranteed. I believe in you. Coming off of Obscure Games, we wanted to do a little challenge for each other and hopefully you get enjoyment from this as well. 
And now, join us for a Malthouse Games podcast special, Bite Size Question. I want to go first. The question of the episode today is more of a challenge to each other, but since our little, like, intro to the question segment is a game show, I thought this was fitting. We both have three game names and themes, two of which are real, and one of which is fake. And we have to guess which one is the fake one of each other's list. So basically, we found two, like, obscure-themed games that have kind of an obscure or very specific theme, and then we created one false one, and we have to try and see if the other can guess it. So, Haley, do you want to read me all three? I do. Go for it. The first one is called Calgary 1845. You are an explorer going through the Canadian wilderness documenting wildlife by drawing in a notebook. Okay. The second one is Frenemy Pastry Party. You are making desserts for wild animals with different taste buds. (laughs) (laughs) Just imagine somebody in a forest with a thing making a pie. And then he's like, hey, hey, bear, hey, bear, do you want some, do you want some blackberries in your pie? And the bear's like, (laughs) and And he's like, all right, I'll put blackberries in your pie. And then he's like, hey, bear, do you also want some cherries in your pie? And the bear's like, and like hits the cherries. Like, all right, I won't put cherries in it. Shit. And then that's just the game as you're trying to get, trying to figure out through these animal signals of how they want their pie made. Exactly. And that's Frittany Pastry Party. <laughs> I want it. I hope it's real. Go ahead. The last one is called Dope Man. Scheme your way as the top drug dealer in your city. So Delton so stupid. is Calgary 1845, Frenemy Pastry Party, or Dope Man, the fake board game. All right. So the fake board game of those. I'm going to explain my reasoning here. <laughs> okay. Calgary what? Calgary 1845. All right. Here's the thing. If there's a date in the name, it's real. People love that. Okay. Uh, Dope Man sounds like something somebody would make. So I want to say your frenemy game is going to be the one you made up. Final answer? Yep. Incorrect. Damn it. Which one? It is Calgary 1845. Uh, I made that shit up. You knew you would get me with the date. (laughs) I did. I don't even think Calgary was explored at that time. Well, yeah, it was. Never mind. (laughs) I would hope it was. I'm pretty sure. Well, Well, it's right in the middle of Canada. Vikings. Yeah. You know, they, I'm sure that they trekked over there at some point. I just made some shit up. Oh my I did pretty goodness. good. That I'm good at making good. up themes. All right. You ready for my list? <laughs> I'm ready for your list. All right. Number one, fish fry. It's based on having the most successful fish fry. You're giving me this look already. Handyman. <laughs> Everyone competes to complete the most projects to be the best handyman. American megafauna. It's all about evolution of the megafauna in America. Which one is false? Say them all again. The theme and all or just a name? All of it. All of it? Why? you watch? Okay, don't watch me. How's that? You <laughs> no. Can't, no, you can't get it from my visuals. You got to get it from listening only. Turn around. Come on, spin in that chair. Fight me. There you go. All right. You have fish fry, all about people competing to have the best fish fry. Handyman, people are competing to be the best handyman by completing projects. Or American megafauna. It's a game about the evolution of the mega or large fauna animals of America. I'm going to say fish fry is the fake one because it has the shortest description. <laughs> Damn it. What was it? <laughs> fake one was handyman. Damn it. Which, who knows if there's a game. Yeah, the fish fry is a dice game. And ah. then American megafauna is an evolution game. But then handyman 
I made up because I thought it'd be awesome if it was like you all had a home you were building and the people kept putting in different requests and if you could complete them, like whoever could it's complete like the most Kelton. requests. Yes, they're like, I want marble countertops. You're like, but I already put in wood countertops. I don't care if I'm Edmund. <laughs> right. All right. Well, I feel like we should have had longer lists or more of these. <laughs> <laughs> be sure to com- make a comment of which one of mine you thought was the real or fake ones and which one of Delton's. That's true. Kind of quiz yourself. Quiz yourself and see, and then let us know on Twitter at Malthouse Games, M-A-L-T-H-A-U-S-G-A-M-E-S. I guess that's everything for the episode. I'm still really proud of my Calgary. (laughs) Oh, we need to shout out our friends. We do. Oh, you got me. I got you. I want to give, and so does Haley, of course, a large shout out to our amazing Patreon backers, the back at the top level to get shout outs on the podcast. It is Allison, our number one fan. Son of Al's. It is Alan, a huge supporter and influence for the podcast. It is Jesse and Catherine, some good friends of ours that have also helped support us and have just been awesome. Thank you, Jesse, for supporting me, my private investigation <laughs> dreams. Stop it. Don't, Jesse, don't encourage this. Encourage me. Don't encourage this. Haley's with Believe the PI. Believe in me. That's just, no. <laughs> Thank you for tuning in to the Malt House Games podcast. This has been episode number 38. Hopefully you have enjoyed our Easter episode all about mushrooms and hunting mushrooms and obscure themes. If you want to get at us on Twitter or Facebook or Instagram. Don't forget fertility. And fertility. Don't forget fertility. <laughs> we are at Malt House Games, M-A-L-T-H-A-U-S-G-A-M-E-S, like I said before, Malt House Games. If you would like to email us a question to answer in the question segment, a topic to cover, or even maybe a game to look at, send us an email, contact at malthousegames.com. If you want to find me personally, I am at Delton Brack, D-E-L-T-O-N-B-R-A-C-K. Haley is at S-Q-U-I-R-R-E-L-Y-G-E-E-K. At Squirrely Geek. For now, we're going to finish drinking this fruity pebble beer and Delton's going to fan himself off. Yes, because it's extremely hot back here because the fan's off. I need to get to editing because this comes out tomorrow. And we've been drinking beer. And we've been drinking beer. So until next time, sit back, relax, grab a drink, and play some games. We'll talk to you all later. Goodbye. Goodbye. Goodbye.